0: Welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 75 for March 3rd, 2020. In this episode, we're going to talk about new rallies. Yes, rallying in North America has been in a growth spurt of late, and we think new events a good indicator of that fact. So we called Dave Matheson, organizer of the Bristol Forest Rally in Tennessee, and Denise McMahon, organizer of Rally Nevada. These are two brand new regional events on opposite sides of the country. So grab a cold one and sit down for a chat in the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Well, I'm your host Mike Shaw and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, a man who spent his entire weekend playing with model trains. Ian Holmes. Ian, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, Mike. Its uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, I, I would normally I wouldn't normally I wouldn't normally talk about my other hobbies particularly the model model railway one but apart from the fact that i was at this sh- i was at the show at the weekend
0: mm-hmm.
1: and members of the rally community turned up i mean nice. there are there there i was working displaying working away on my layout and uh, you remember you remember bob nielsen back in the rally america days if you had uh, bob was the man who did your licenses and all all the media permits
0: uh i i don't know if he, yeah no i think i do remember him i think he uh, printed out a hard card for me once yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so he turns up he's into model railway model railroads and so so that was a shock and then later on mark larson who's been well, rally master a clerk of the course and who knows what a jibway for like years and years he turned up as well so it's like so there are model railroaders in the rally community. I mean, as you know, I've already got a uh, co-drive with AJ Rossiter exactly. because he's a model railroad enthusiast. So if I can just abuse my position as a co-host of the show and say, if there's anybody, any rally drivers out on the East Coast do, who are going to planning on running NEFA next year, call me.
0: <laughs> who happens cool. also to be into model trains exactly
1: you know because yeah it's something to talk about on long transits
0: there you go and, and there's definitely some long ones in new england so there, there you go there you go yeah well, I must say you're gonna have to make sure your dioramas—I guess they call those, right? Uh, you gotta up your game though, because I was at the commemorative Air Force Museum. I was down in Arizona, and uh, obviously my other hobby is airplanes mm-hmm. and historical stuff like that. Uh, my grandfather was in World War II and all that, as many of ours were probably. But uh, anyways, they had some of these like depictions of like gun emplacements and airplane runways from like world war one era looking and things like this. these models that are super detailed and yeah dude i you, you got to make sure you get up to that next level because some of these are really damn uh-huh. good
1: cool it's it's a it's a fascinating it's all all model making is a fascinating hobby when you when you get into it and it's and i think there is a little bit of crossover for especially for co-drivers because co-drivers have to be like detail oriented in getting everything right with the pace notes and preparations and everything. Yes, it's um,
0: definitely very much uh, all about technical. I think people that are yeah. to rallying are technical people. That's why we see people mm-hmm. that are also engineers, people that are me- like me, like IT people. Um, yep. Just People that are just very technical minded seem to be a lot of the ones we find in the sport. That's yeah. my two cents anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can agree on that one.
0: All right. Well, before we move on to our first guest, uh, Dave Matheson, there's one last thing I wanted to say, and uh, it's about us hitting a pretty big milestone. You probably saw it on social media, but uh, we have our first official sponsor for Open You know, it's funny because, I mean, I, I didn't really seek out a sponsor, but it takes a lot of time, effort and actual money to uh, do these podcasts and to have hosting for our website and for the hosting for the podcast. You know, Um, they don't give you just unlimited gigabytes for free uh, for this kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, it all adds up. And, you know, our good friend Mitch Meadows uh, from Melee Design Media or, or Melee Design Firm, which also has Melee Media, he just reached out and said, hey, do you guys need some help? And I'm like, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it takes a lot out of my savings. <laughs> and, uh, no, he, he was very just forthright. He's like, you know what? No requirements. I want you guys to just keep doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. and whatever we can do to help you do great stuff. You know, the stickers that we came out with, and uh, we'll be having those at some events uh, to give out. That was him and his contact that helped uh, bring those about, and just, yeah, they're just great people over at Melee Design Firms. Not only do they make pretty cool products, right, but They just want to support the sport, and there's no requirements. I I don't even have to come on here and thank them, but I'm Uh going to because it's cool. So Uh thank you very much to Mitch uh, and to Melee uh, Design Firm because they're just really cool people. If you don't follow them already, uh, please do because they post all kinds of rally stuff. And again, they're they're headlong into the sport when they found out about it and just head over heels and... Well, we've got yeah. a podcast about it. I guess uh, a couple episodes ago, so yeah. uh, check that out. So
1: cool, cool guy. Yes. Yeah, so we, so we don't have to do a little voiceover that says, "Open Paddock Rallycast is brought to you by Melee Design Firm."
0: Nope, oh, no requirements nope. like that at all. Uh, oh, well, but I may thank them from time to time just uh, uh-huh. because I want to. But there is no strings attached at all, which yeah. is really cool. Again, yeah, it's just about keep making cool content. We want to support that, so you can keep doing it. And uh, so my wife doesn't get mad at me for uh, taking out of our savings <laughs> yeah. on these uh, websites. Anyway, it is.
1: It's, it's cool. You know, it's like in the past five years, the past, since I started uh, joined you on the on the rallycast, It's come on in leaps and bounds. It's a totally different show to what it was five years ago. And Mitch believes in what we're doing. And that's great. So thanks, Mitch. We have a beer and we are raising it to you.
0: There we go. well. Actually, I've got gin, but uh, oh. close enough. I got an adult <laughs> beverage. There we go. <laughs> All right. Cheers to you, Mitch, and a Melee Design Firm. Thank you very much. All right. Without further ado, uh, we got to call up our first guest, Dave Matheson, and we'll talk about the new Bristol Forest Rally in Tennessee. Well, our first guest on is Dave Matheson, the uh, organizer for the new Bristol Forest Rally out of Tennessee. Dave, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. Your first time being on. How you doing,
2: man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be here talking to uh, talking to you guys. Well, you know, we just call this our virtual rally
0: pub. You know, it's all about just kicking back and relaxing and uh, just talking all things rally, man.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. I'm ready.
0: Yeah, well, and, and now to get called. ready. That's right, because it is a pub slash bar. Because I actually I don't have just a beer here. The, I, I went a little bit different. I'm uh, I broke out the uh, rogue spruce gin which, uh, Rogue Brewery, you might know of them. They also have a distillery out here, out West. And, uh, they make this spruce gin that's got a really good, uh, taste of juniper and, and kind of this, if you smell it, it smells like you're in central Oregon where all the uh, pine trees are and things like that. And just, it always just takes me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's freaking delicious. And then on top of that, I was just down in Arizona visiting some family and my grandmother has these wonderful lemon and tangelo trees. And, um, I had some fresh lemons I took home, and I just put a little thin slice of lemon in here. So it gives a little bit of citrus with this wonderful kind of woodsy thing kind of going with it. And it's freaking delicious. So there you go. So Rogue Spruce Gin with a slice of lemon. Freaking awesome. Anyway, on to you guys. What's your uh, drink of
2: choice tonight? Uh, Well, I'm maybe fighting off the coronavirus right now, so I thought I'd double up and go with a Corona Extra there you go um, and see <laughs> I if i it. could drive off corona with corona we'll see how that goes
0: you know two negatives you know make a positive right Council cancel, cancel it out
2: <laughs> yeah that, and that's what i meant by my comment i'm doing the exact opposite i'm drinking a skunk currently um so i like skunky beer though and i didn't even put a lime in it this time so yeah i'm going full corona extra Mexi beer skunky beer
0: and well, WRC Mexico's next week, so you know. Yeah, Where that was yeah, absolutely.
2: I thought about that when I picked it. <laughs> nice, love it. Yeah. love it. All right, Ian, <laughs> what do you got, bud?
1: Well, uh, it's a sad day in in our house because I'm just drinking the last of my Breckenridge vanilla porter, so uh, I'll have to find a new beer for next time.
0: Well, we're all about diversity here, so.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll look forward to uh, what the next one uh, comes out to being. All right, so let's talk about rally stuff. Uh, Dave, the reason why we wanted to bring you on is because new rallies. This episode's all about new rallies, and you somehow have brought about a brand-new event in the South, no less. Um, granted, there is the, uh, you know, just, just coming off of uh, Sandblast. That was this last weekend. Yeah, it's the only one in Blast. the general area, and you find a way to, to have a, an event in Tennessee. Tell us about that.
2: Well, it's actually, it's not the first one. So, I mean, you might've heard of the, the Appalachian tarmac rally sprint. Um, yeah. That the one. little hill yeah. climb, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's sort of a hill climb. It was like a hill climb both ways. Uh, it wasn't, it was kind of, uh, undulating up and down and running okay. right by uh South Holston Lake here in Bristol. And, uh, it was just an awesome piece of road and, um, working with the national forest, uh, for a while. And, um, that was the first piece of road they gave us permission to run so there's a lot of backstory as to why that was the first road that we ran on but uh basically that was a test uh the tarmac event was a test with the national forest to show them that we can control the area properly and safely um and show them how we run events and how we run them professionally and uh and now they've given us permission to expand a little bit on some of the gravel wow Wow, so this is
1: all part of a grand plan
2: then Yes, it's a grand plan. Like, oh. It's taken uh, two years to to get the tarmac permission. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so it's been uh, it's been a long time coming.
0: Well, so how did that even all, all start? Because, uh, you know, you get other people that talk about it, it's like, why aren't there rallies here? Why aren't there rallies there? And um, I, now I, I work with the Oregon Trail Rally organizers, and I understand the difficulty of getting roads. But talk about starting from scratch, kind of the zero, and who are you talking to 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 try and get this whole process started did you go straight to the to the local you know state forest guys did you talk with uh i I guess a local city and some uh commissioners or something there about you know helping support this because i know that uh, for us um we had a chamber of commerce that was a big help for us in click attack county um things like that how how was it that you really got this just the ball rolling from the very beginning
2: well, from the very beginning, um, you have to go back to 2017. Um, I just graduated college, and I wanted to do rally stuff. You know, I was just, you know, I'm here in East Tennessee, and I go up and run these gravel roads all the time that are just amazing, absolutely amazing roads, you know, in the Cherokee National Forest. And everybody remembers Cherokee Trails. You know, I, I wasn't around. Um, I didn't even know what rally was back when Cherokee Trails was, you know, being run. Um, so I never got to, to see it or enjoy it or, or know anything about it. And I heard about it, you know, years later, just kind of actually going around YouTube. i stumbled on a video that was Cherokee trails rally 2001, I think. And, uh, I was like, no way they've actually done this before, you know, and started reaching out to people. And that, that was probably back, you know, 2016, 2017, I started my job in Irwin, Tennessee, and uh, that backs right up to the Cherokee National Forest, um, and there's an amazing road right above it. And I would go run the road during lunch and, you know, ride my bike on it and do stuff like that. And uh, I just got to the point I, – I, I kept contacting people and asking them, you know, why isn't there a rally? Why isn't there a rally? And the response was always, well, I mean, nobody's doing it. Like, well, why isn't anybody do it, doing it? Like, well, it's hard. Well, somebody should do it. These are amazing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, so the, the responsibility like take it,
0: ownership, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. uh,
2: eventually it was just kind of like, you know what, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Cause somebody has got to do it. You know I mean? This is, these are two good roads to just leave sitting here and nobody know they're here and not enjoy. So, um, I, uh, started, um, trying to get contacts at the, uh, the Cherokee national forest ranger, uh, the ranger district. That's actually the Watauga ranger district. And, um, there's a, a nice guy there that uh, was really receptive initially when I, I sent him an email, which I'm sure he thought was wild. Like, this dude wants to shut down roads and run down them. Is he crazy? You he know? didn't even know what rally was at the time? <laughs> no, he had no idea what rally was. <laughs> no idea. Rally? So, that means uh, uh, you're going to have a bunch of people there protesting? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a th- Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> you, know? yeah, you tell them you're going to have a rally, especially – I won't say that. Um, but, yeah, people think it's going to be political. Like, you're going to have some sort of a political rally. And it's like, no, 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 it's cars. Like, oh, so it's like a bike rally. No, not a bike rally. Like, we're going to – never mind. And so then I have to break <laughs> it down and just say, like, we're going to shut the road down and go down it as fast as possible and see who's the quickest. Just bare bones, like, that's what we're doing. And people go, oh, okay. How do you get permission to do that? Um, <laughs> so uh, – but anyway, yeah, he had no idea what rally was. And um, it took about a year of talking to him um, to kind of get him on board. And uh, he was a special events coordinator. So he was kind of the guy that was, you know, able to to kind of give us permission. And uh, he helped me get, spin it the right way to make it look correct. So that when it got to the Cherokee National Forest District Ranger, um, who's over both top and bottom, North and South. So that's above and below the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, The the head honcho. Um, It got to him, and by the time it got there, uh, it was put in a way that he could really understand, and I had some people supporting me. Now, initially, um, there was a road engineer that wasn't too particularly happy with the idea about it, Mm -hmm. Um, and he basically quoted me the price for logging roads. So, like, We've ran into uh, this out
0: west. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he quoted me like, you know, he said, yeah, you can do it. But you're basically going to have to uh, coat them in gold when you're done, Mm -hmm. you know, and Uh yeah. And I was like, well, that's not entirely fair, you know, but I guess you own the road. So you decide what's fair. So. But that that was really key. So I worked that for a few months trying to, you know, describe what we're doing and try showing them videos and saying, hey, you know, this happens and this happens yearly in places like we don't destroy roads like they need a little bit of touching up after. But we don't destroy them, you know, and like and finally, uh, we just got to the point where it was kind of like with with this road engineer, like he was not willing to budge. And so the other rangers who were on my side, I was like, look, do you have any tarmac roads? I mean, do you like, if gravel is the issue, like you guys are okay. Otherwise what's, what's going to be the the thing holding us back for tarmac. And they said, well, nothing. I don't think there's any reason you can't run on tarmac. So then I got my uh, trusty Google map out and started, uh, perusing around and, uh, found about a five mile stretch of really awesome twisty tarmac right by, uh, south holston lake in bristol and said hey this is your road will will you let us run on this and they said yeah submit a proposal i submitted the proposal and um at this point i'd already gone through all of the stuff telling them about our safety our insurance um how we run events how we you know monitor all the drivers and how we control spectators and all this stuff so they knew what we were doing and, and who are uh, you
0: working through from a sanctioning body side for all of
2: that well, it's a NASA rally sport. So okay. um, so, without going into too much detail on this, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I kind of – so a little background on me. I just kind of like to just go grab the bull by the horns and get stuff done. Um, but I don't have a whole lot of actual personal rally experience. I love rally, um, but I've not been in it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I approached ARA and said, hey, you know, like – I would like to put on a a, a rally in East Tennessee. What do you guys think? I basically got the um, that's great kid, like contact us in 20 years kind of thing, you know, (laughs) which isn't, they weren't wrong. I mean, if I was in their place and somebody who had done one rally contacted me, and was like, Hey, I want to put on a rally. I'd tell them they were crazy too. But I contacted Andrew Frick with Sandblast Mm -hmm. and I said, Hey man, I would really like to do this. Um, Can you support me? Can you help me? And he was just like, yeah, man. Like, I will help you. I will. Sh- I won't do it for you, but I will show you everything you need to do, tell you every button you need to push and every document you need to make. And he walked me through the process, and that's we awesome. had wrap. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I was able to go from nope basically no experience. I mean, I'd gone to four rallies to running the Appalachian Tarmac rally sprint. And when I say running, I mean organizing it and getting everything prepared. Andrew was still there with me every step of the way, including at the event, to help clerk the event and make sure things went properly. But uh yeah, so that's kind of how it happened was was just sort of reaching out to Andrew at Sandblast and saying, Hey man, will you help us? And uh, yeah, he did. So I mean I mean really like I kind of, I guess, you know, people were saying, like, you know, I'm the organizer or whatever, but I'm just the guy who just started pushing it. You know, Andrew is the one behind the scenes that, that really was able to show me what to do to make it happen.
0: I think we need to have more of these people that shadow, right. That people that are interested in putting out something and they go out to an event and they shadow and they learn that process and, and all the different things that you have to go through Um, and and attending the, the meetings that start way in advance, right. To, to a a rally. I mean, we started our meetings for Oregon trail, which is until the end of may, you know, we started those. Our first meeting was in November. (laughs) Right. Yeah, And it's a, Six months away, but uh, you know we at least start the beginnings of the organizational process, figure out who's going to do what role and all that th- kind of thing. A um, little bit bigger event here, but still, yeah, the same process is followed, and you, you've got to have all those things in line from your safety plan to whatever, and yeah. get those all submitted to the county or to the in your you know the the forest people if you're using those forests you know whatever, and get that stuff all lined up well in advance. And, uh, it, 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 yeah, I think we need to have more people that are interested in being part of this process to, uh, start shadowing and, uh, learning that process. And, um, but also take someone like you that's willing to just jump in and I will control this. I, I will try and make this happen. So, you know, you get a lot of people like, yeah, I love rally, but become a part of it and do something because it, yeah, th- th- j- just loving it doesn't
2: make it happen. <laughs> no. I come from like a project management background. So taking you know what a rally is and it's it's a lot of simple things that all happen simultaneously Um, so coordinating who's going to be in charge and how it's going to go flow throughout the day and who's going to be where and what's going to happen there and all of that that's kind of stuff that i can understand all i needed was for somebody to show me what all the processes and steps were for a rally all the behind the scenes things that you don't know are happening as the events going on all the documents that you don't realize need to be made um, and show me what to do to make them, and I was able to do it. You know, so uh, um, really, what started the process though was he—he he didn't just say, "Oh, you're some random guy." Like, yeah, we'll trust you to do it. Like, he—he he brought me on as a uh, uh, kind of like a special stage captain in training with, uh, uh, and kind of let me shadow him for a weekend, and then be a co-stage captain for a weekend of Sandblast uh, 2019. Um, and then after that was done, that really opened my eyes to everything that needed to be done and how an event was run and, and things like that. So that made running the Appalachian Tarmac rally sprint in 2019 a lot easier. So, but yeah, like he's the, he's the guy, you know, he's the guy to really thank here because he was the only person that took me seriously. Um, so for sure.
0: Well, now, now talking about serious, I mean, you got an event all scheduled and ready to go here, uh, so give us an idea of apparently you know you've got the gravel roads now that you can use. Uh, found a way to come to some agreement on the cost of repairs for those. Give us a high level of the event and the date that it is, number of stages, length. Give us an idea what the roads are like there.
2: Well, okay. Um, so the roads are. We have this really. It's not going to be this year what it can possibly be in the future. This is another step to mm-hmm. what. It, Can eventually be. Um, We've got over 50 miles worth of individual amazing twisty roads to be able to get like potentially get access to in the Cherokee National Forest here around Bristol Um, but this event is going to be happening exclusively on um, just a few of those roads um, and kind of repeating stages around the way some other rallies do and running them forward and running them backward configuring them in different ways to make individual feeling roads out of Kind of some of the same roads Um, this we're doing it that way because they weren't willing to give us full permissions over the entire forest already. They were willing to take a chance on a smaller area. Um, And that's kind of how we got this event to happen. Um, So another step in the direction of going toward a full rally. But, yeah, the roads are just um, there. I would I would compare them to other rallies that I competed in if I competed in them but uh um <laughs> it's uh I've had some people compare them to Southern Ohio um but I was at Southern Ohio and I saw some of the roads and honestly these are a little bit twistier um they're a lot it's I would say um relentless is the word um relentlessly twisty um some of them it's uh they were cut into the side of these really uh these these mount this mountainside that has a lot of ridges on it so they just kind of weave in and out of these ridges on this mountainside and it's actually a pretty high elevation there's a lot of elevation change um so it but there's also a, another part of the road that is very straight um, so there's going to be some really high speed sections with some uh some some jumps potentially, uh, some really fast um, sixes, and then there'll be sections that are just um, you know switchbacks and um, cambered twos and stuff like that over and over again. It's uh, there's a lot of variation between the different types of roads, and uh, they're some of my favorites around um, the ones that they gave us permission to. So I'm really glad that this is the area that they allowed us to use because these roads really show off what the area has to offer.
0: Oh wow. So, number of stage miles approximately for this event?
2: Right now we're sitting at 78. It's we kind of looped around in an interesting way to be able to get that many miles out of it. Um so I I, I posted it initially and you know told everybody, put the website up, put the subs up and uh, the initial stage schedule and said, "All right, everybody, here you go." Like, here's what the event's going to look like and the first comment was, "Man, I wish there were more stage miles." Well, dab gone, we'll get you some more stage miles in. So, uh, <laughs> we uh went back to the drawing board and I got uh um um, I don't know if you know him, but Matt Rhodes does the, uh, a lot of the scheduling for sandblast and Matt came, uh, came over to me and, and helped me out and we rescheduled some things around and we able to eke out 78 miles in a single day. Wow! So, um, yeah. So, you know, don't say nobody listens to your competitors cause we did, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, 78 miles is, you know, we loop around quite a bit to, to get that, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really fun. Um, it's going to be a long day. We, it's probably going to start about 8am and it, well, it's going to start about 8am and it's going to last till, I don't know, probably eight at night. So a full, a full day of rally for sure.
0: That is brilliant. So, uh, next thing I, I'm wondering about is like, okay, what about uh, the community side? One thing we talked about with rallying quite a bit is, you know, how much of a, a boon this can be for uh, the small communities that we tend to go into. And, you know, you're renting hotel rooms, you're, uh, you got your service park in there, you're doing food, things like that. So w- where's going to be the uh, service park and uh, stuff like that to help uh, kind of support the region?
2: Well, the service park is still kind of in flux right now. We have okay. a general area we're looking at um, and we still haven't been able to get in full permission for it yet. So um the transit miles and exactly the times and everything are still up for uh for potentially changing. Um but as far as the community is concerned, this is a little bit different scenario. Um you might or might not have heard of Bristol Motor Speedway.
0: Um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> so uh
2: when you tell them that you're like Bristol Chamber of Commerce that you're gonna bring in, you know certain amount of rally competitors that are going to bring a certain amount of crew and, you know, there'll be, uh, you know, a certain amount of volunteers, you tell them those high and low numbers, they say, that's great, we're going to fill up that stadium with 160,000 people a couple times this year, so cool you know it's basically what they say so we're in a little bit different situation um here in bristol because uh of there being such a large motorsport event that already happens plus there's also the nhra comes to town right right yeah so the town itself uh is you know you know they they benefit from bristol motor speedway for sure um Mm -hmm. the the speedway is not in the business of giving people space yeah i was wondering about that okay yeah. So I've already approached them about that. Um, we're working on it. Um, but there's no promises yet that we're going to be at Bristol motor speedway. They oh, definitely gotcha. did not have the opinion of, we have all this empty space. You can use it even though they do. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. they, have, they have miles of campgrounds and empty parking lots and bathrooms that are being used. And, um, I, I definitely am trying to get in there to use them cause they're, they're great facilities.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, but, uh, Um, Most of the time, the way events work at Bristol is the event is happening at Bristol. So right. you're renting the the drag strip or you're going to rent the drag or the um, the oval for the day.
0: And it's, you know, it's paid for through the ticket sales of all the people coming in there to see it. Yeah. Uh, so
2: when I approach them and say, hey, you know, we're paying all this money to race in the woods. Can we use your parking lot for the day? They say, no, what's in it for us? Yep. So mm-hmm. another another blockade and getting rallies, you know, you know, obviously the, your first thought is, oh, you know, they're they do racing. They're going to understand like they're going to help mm-hmm. out. It's not necessarily the case. So we're working with uh, some smaller towns around uh, to see if they'd be willing to help us out some more. There are some local campgrounds. We're seeing that they can help us out for, uh, for service areas. There's plenty of places, and we mm-hmm. will find a service area. Um, it's just a matter of getting it sorted out. And, you know, stuff like this is the reason that I only gave people, like, what was it, a month and a half or two months' notice for the tarmac sprint. I tried to get everything absolutely nailed down before telling anybody that it was going to happen and everybody was like well, that's great i'd like to go and that's really cool but i don't have time i've committed for that weekend like there's not enough notice for people to yeah come mm-hmm. to. so uh so this time around trying to definitely let people know the events happening even though we've got a team of people in the background still just hammering away getting everything sorted out so you've, you've, like you said, you've got Bristol
1: there with the NASCAR, and the, you've got the drag strip, and I mean Knoxville is not terribly far away down the road, really, is it? So I mean, you're in a real hotbed of motorsport down there, uh, and you're you're bringing a, a new a new type of motorsport t- to the people. How do you think it's going to go down?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, so there is a. a... a a guy that runs the local volunteer fire department that came out for the tarmac sprint. When I approached him and asked him if he'd, you know, be willing to bring his guys out and, uh, their equipment and help us with safety for the day. He said, yeah, what kind of racing is it? And I explained it to him and he said, no way. I didn't know they did that here, you know, in the U S
0: Boy, How often have we heard that? Right. Yeah. That thing they do in Europe, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The European thing. Great. They do that in Finland, right? Like, no, we do it here too, you know? So, uh, and he he raced Champ Car, you know. We uh, we probably all know what Champ Car is. It's the the road racing, endurance racing uh, um, for uh, you know the low budget guys. And uh, he did that. And um, you know, obviously, he did short track racing locally and drag racing. But uh, when I told him about it, he said, "Oh man, I'm gonna go build a car," you know, like. So he's he's currently working on a car. So yeah, uh, this is a hotbed, you know, down here. Uh-huh. It really is here in East Tennessee, Western North Carolina, just a hotbed of automotive culture. And a lot of these people don't know what rally is. And um, when you tell them and explain to them, you know, what it really is, uh, they get excited and they want to they want to join in and have fun. So I think that, you know, having an event here in Bristol um, could definitely, you know, spark a a lot more interest in, in local guys that build race cars that say, hey, you know, like that rally stuff. That's pretty cool. I might build a car for that. You know, instead of uh, short track racing or champ car or something. Well, d- damn it, you get, you're getting me really excited about it. And I live like a 1, 1,500 miles
0: away, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lot of people down in like the Florida area that, you know, are car people. And uh, they would go all the way up to Sandblast and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it'd be yet another one that people in that southern region uh, can, yeah, be able to reach and uh, maybe want to build a car for. Uh, So between that and Sandblast, at least, is a couple of them closer before going back to the northern latitudes again?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes it difficult when you live in northern Alabama or when you live in Georgia to say, yeah, I'm going to commit to building an expensive rally car and then commit to driving it um 10 to 15 hours to go to events you know so having some closer i, I really think is going to help build the competitor base here in the southeast which is going to you know help rally in general across the, the entire you know the entire country so, so so what we've got to do here now
1: is like we need to loop back a bit because what the question we always ask at the start of an interview with anybody is like what's your what's your rally background what's your rally history how did you get how did you get into ra- Rally and then want to put on put on this event? What was it that grabbed you about seeing Rally for the first time?
2: I think the first time I even saw Rally and it, it you know, realized it's its existence. You know, this corona's strong. Um it's, uh, uh, it's the virus. It's the virus. Yes, yes, yeah, that's what I meant was the coronavirus. Yeah, of course. Um anyway so i was probably uh a senior in high school and i would see uh i would stay up really late to watch the uh the replays of uh w- i don't even remember what channel it came on that was back when we saw cable <laughs> yeah. um, and uh I'd, wa- I'd stay up and watch the wrc replays and i didn't even you know know where to find any of the content so it was like watching it live mm-hmm. and um They'd played it at like eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock at night though, so I'd have to stay up really late to be able to watch it. Um, and then they do a rerun at like six a.m., so I'd have to stay up late or get up early, one or the other. That's the, my first experience seeing rally. And then uh, went off to college, um, and uh, went to University of Tennessee, and met some guys when I was doing an internship in Asheville. They were into they were into rally and you know, I, I'd liked it ever since I saw it. And I didn't know what the sanctioning bodies were. I didn't, again, I was one of those people that didn't know what happened in the U.S. I was just like, wow, you know, it's cool. It'd be cool if we, to see it, but I thought it was only in Europe. So these guys that I met at my internship in Asheville, um, they were like, you know, we're into rally too. Like we should go to these events. And I was like, well, what events? Like, oh, well, sandblast. We're all going to go to sandblast. Okay, cool. So, uh, I loaded up with uh, um, my friend, and we went down to Sandblast to volunteer in 2014. We drove, we drove in way too late, barely made the volunteer meeting. Uh, went to our hotel, slept for a couple hours, and then met up with uh, everybody for our stage crew um, at like 5:30 in the morning at the local high school. Um, nice. Took took my bug eye out to the. Uh, um, out to the stages through the sand. Uh, I was flinging it around thinking I was a rally driver. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and still the, the privileges the of
0: being a volunteer, being able to drive on the road. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's one of the fun things about being a volunteer, but yeah, so we drove the stage and then we got parked out there and we sat out there all day long with our, with our sandwiches and, um, waiting for the cars to come by and we saw them all come by twice. And that was that was all it took. Ever since then, like rally was the only the only motorsport for me. Like that was it. Like that's all I really wanted to do. And uh, yeah, I mean it wasn't all that long ago though. 2014, we went to uh, to sandblast. And then um, a couple years later, our friend uh, you might have heard of him, Nick Bragg. Yeah, he, he drives an Audi. He had just picked up his uh, his uh, coupe Quattro, and he let us borrow it. Um, I don't know why. I think he thought it might break and he wanted us to break it. I don't know. But, uh, we went and raced at sandblast in 2016. Um, we actually finished, we did every stage and finished and didn't crash and the car didn't break. And it was absolutely amazing. It was the best experience ever. And And, did you uh, co-drive or drive? Both.
0: Oh, so you guys kind of switched.
2: Yeah. We kind of switched around a little bit. Um, he drove the morning and I drove the afternoon. Um, by the time I got in, it, it was overheat. It was overheated, and, well, not overheated, but the, the MSD ignition had gotten hot, so it was cutting out, and it wasn't yeah, working an anymore. Yeah, it's an <laughs> Audi. I mean, it was running. I mean, it was running on five cylinders. You know, but um, but yeah. Uh, so finished that event, and it was absolutely amazing. And I've been, um, and I mean, that was two thousand sixteen, and so two thousand seventeen was. When I started contacting the National Forest, you know so um, my rally history is not super long, um, but I don't know like I said, I just take the bull by the horns, I guess and go after something when you want to see it get done.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you've come up a long way in like no time at all that that that's that's amazing. I mean, respect to you for like getting all this done in such a short time I appreciate it
0: well, so again, this rally is coming up uh what dates may?
2: The race, the race day is May 16th.
0: May 16th. Okay. So, yep. yeah, May 16th, um, I'm guessing that uh, registration's open for folks to uh, get all set up with that. How do folks uh, get in touch with you to, A, I'm sure you need volunteers, uh, mm-hmm. B, you're going to need to, it, you, obviously, there's competitors that are going to want to uh, make sure they register if they're wanting to come down there to that one. I mean, we have rallies that are bursting at the seams with uh, competitors, so, Maybe that's an opportunity for uh, folks to uh, come down and check out your event if they can't make it into uh, some of the others. I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. We have so many damn competitors that the events are having a tough time fitting them all in. So more regional events we can have uh, spread out throughout the country to uh, draw people in, I think is a great thing. But uh, yeah, how does everybody follow? How does everybody get in touch with the Bristol Forest Rally and you? to uh, get involved with this or to compete or just to follow along?
2: So we have a website. It's uh, pretty simple. It's BristolForestRally.com. It is forests with an S. That's on purpose. There are multiple different um, forests that we're Mm going to be rallying in, so um, it's not a typo. Um, But it can throw people off sometimes. But uh, it's BristolForestRally.com. There's a competitor page and a volunteer page. Um, from either of those pages, uh, it's pretty easy to follow the links and, you know, if you want to volunteer, um, follow the links that say to volunteer. If you want to compete, follow the links to, uh, um, to sign up. It's all through the nasarallysport.com, uh, you know, page. So all of the my, my dot nasa stuff. So when you set up your, your login, your profile, that's how you go in and you sign up to volunteer or you can sign up to, to compete and all that stuff. Um, so I mean, it's, uh, it's all, it's all pretty straightforward and pretty simple. The, uh, the process is, is pretty easy. And when you get in and sign up, um, I see you sign up and I'll approve you and you'll get on the, uh, the entry list on uh, nasaralliesport.com
0: Awesome. Awesome. And then of course for folks that don't want to follow the action, I'm sure you guys have, uh, got some social media and all that. And, uh, some folks will be, uh, trying to take some pictures and things and, and show off what's going on for the weekend, right?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we've got Facebook and Instagram. Um, so both of them, if you just search Bristol forest rally, um, those are pretty easy to find, um, try to, uh, interact with people as much as possible and, uh, talk to people. And, um, I'm pretty open to, uh, to messaging on, on Facebook, but you can also email me. My contact is, uh, um, is there on the Bristol forest rally website. Um, you can, you can send me a direct email if you want. Awesome. Okay. So I've, so I've just liked the
1: Bristol forest rally page on Facebook anyway, sir.
2: All right. So it was easy to find. Good.
1: Yep. Easy to find. Excellent. So, so there was, there was one last thing I just wanted to, wanted to ask you. And, uh, there was, um, we've seen some pretty shocking pictures on the news this morning of tornadoes in Tennessee. This wasn't anywhere in your area, was
2: it? No, it wasn't anywhere in this East Tennessee area. Um, but definitely keep all those people in middle Tennessee in your prayers because, um, uh, I know a lot of people that live in Nashville and, uh, um, uh, a friend of mine happened to be here, um, here in East Tennessee just got here uh, a couple of days ago and uh, was visiting family and the tornado went right by his apartment. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, he's the area where he hangs out all the time and it kind of destroyed everything. So, uh, I mean, you know, he's, he was really lucky, uh, really blessed that he was here, but, um, you know, definitely keep all those people in your prayers and, and it's not just Nashville either. There was another, uh, another tornado that came, that touched down, I believe a little bit East of uh, Nashville and, um, I saw I think earlier there were still quite a few people um unaccounted for from that, so definitely uh definitely keep all those people in Tennessee in your prayers
0: yeah, it's definitely some scary stuff, uh mother nature, wow, yeah, yeah it does brutal a lot,
2: but in in Tennessee, but when it does um you know it's uh it's never good mm-hmm. yeah
0: understood understood well uh, uh, on a brighter note though, new event. We're super excited uh, that this rally is going to be something special, I think, and we're uh, really looking forward to uh, a number of folks uh, turning out to uh, give these uh, people that are going to be observing from the from the Forest Service and whatnot to, uh, you know, show them, A, a good time, how awesome the rally community is, and that, you know, we, we pick up and, and clean up and do all the things we're supposed to do, so that way you have uh, that many more roads you can use uh, for the next time that you run this Yeah. Time.
2: Absolutely. And I just, you know, um, would like to for everybody to keep in mind, you know, this event is also um, another step toward getting us back to being able to fully use all the roads in the Cherokee National Forest that stretch all the way from the tip of East Tennessee, tip of Northeast Tennessee, all the way to Chattanooga. Um, wow. So, yeah. So uh, the same people who give me permissions to run here are the same people who get permissions in the entire forest. So supporting this event is going to be crucial to getting us, um, you know, permissions to create new events potentially in Chattanooga. And then as the Cherokee National Forest allows us to run, that also opens potential doors in Nantahala and uh, even in Chattahoochee. So, um, you know, those national forests, they talk to each other. They, you know, if one is doing something, then the other can look at what they're doing and say, hey, that that could potentially work here too. Um, so, You know, these events, uh, just like with the tarmac sprint, um, the tarmac sprint was awesome. We all had a fantastic time and it was a great event on its own. And everybody after it was over was just like, hey, you know, you got to do this again next year. So that's the plan. We're going to do it again in the fall. Um, But Yeah. yeah. So but that event was the reason that we can do this event, just like this event can potentially be the reason that there's another Cherokee Trails or Chattahoochee. So everybody keep that in mind when you're considering, you know, this event and, and the future of rally in the southeast. Wow. I'm really excited for the future of rally in your area now, for sure. Well, I am, too. I'm, I'm hoping that there's some other uh, some other people that live maybe further south that are saying that listen to this and go, oh, man, I didn't know maybe that, you know, creating a rally could be done like. You know, I should contact somebody and maybe they're the, going to be the ones that bring back Cherokee Trails or maybe they're the ones that are going to bring back Chattahoochee, you know. So, uh, you know, we just get the ball rolling and we see where it goes. Hopefully it picks up steam. Well, awesome. we just need
0: a few more Dave Mathesons out there to uh, help create these events because, man, you've yeah, you have steamrolled this. You've
2: got this going. Super excited for you. Uh, any last things you want to say before we let you go? Uh, I guess just say a shout out to Sandblast. I just got back um and uh what what a great event again this year um it was amazing the roads were amazing um and we just had a a fantastic time you know it's february and it's 55 degrees and sunny and we're all outside and short sleeves and having a great time you know and slinging sand all day um it was uh it was you know a great time so uh thanks to to andrew and thanks to nasa for putting that thing on every year
0: Oh, definitely. And uh, our man Johnny was out there. He's a guy that uh, helps with the registration for that event and uh, goes out and volunteers. And uh, he's, yeah, he was definitely on the ground there. And it didn't look like it rutted up as bad as uh, some other years. We didn't have the slop fest of last year. So it looked like it was a really good year this year for uh, yes. for Sandblast. So everybody mm-hmm. sounded like they had a really good time.
2: Yeah, the roads were in great shape. We had some, uh, some, some interesting things happen to us during the day, but we finished and that's all that matters. So... Sweet. All right. Well, we will talk to you after
0: this uh, inaugural event of the Bristol Forest Rally and uh, see how it went, because, uh, again, we find it super exciting to have a new event uh, added to the calendar um, and and especially in your region. All right, folks, make sure you sign up and come down and uh, join this awesome rally in the Tennessee area. We are excited to bring our second guest on. This is Denise McMahon, and uh, I believe it's her husband, Pat, who are both the organizers for the Rally Nevada, a brand new event over on in the Southwest. Uh, it's a regional event this year, but uh, we're all excited to hear about it. So, Denise, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Well, first thing we want to know is, uh, you know, a little bit of background, because you've been organizing events for many years down in that area, haven't you?
3: Uh, yeah. Too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> shows how old I am. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I started uh, helping out on uh, Rim of the World back in 1993. Really? So that shows my age. And, um, and that happened due to meeting my husband and he was into rallying, which I never knew about what was rallying, uh, cause I was in, uh, cart series racing and I worked with Roger Penske. So, uh, when he started telling me about what rallying was all about, I said, Hey, that sounds kind of interesting, you know, see racing in the woods. So rim of the world was my, um, first event to get involved, and uh, as the years gone on, and uh, uh, we started uh, enjoying doing the behind-the-scenes, and uh, that's where it got started in 2004. Uh, we started uh, organizing Desert Storm Rally <clears throat> from another organizer, and uh, it was about... Five years after that, we started, uh, another organizer gave over C9 rallies in the Gene, Nevada area. So Desert Desert Storm was down in Blythe, California, and then C9 was in Gene, Nevada near Las Vegas. And then we started trying to work with another event to happen, but it just seemed to morph into other areas (laughs) and locations. People were excited about it. So, yeah, we have done a lot of organizing of events. But uh, as we grew older and, um, and unfortunately the sanctioning bodies started changing a lot, we went independent and then we saw uh, I my hat's off to the sanctioning bodies because it's, it is difficult to uh, sanction events and organizing a lot of events. So uh and then we went back down to one event and let the sanctioning body take care of all that stuff there you
0: go yeah and, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work yeah, for sure
3: yeah it, it's it's tough. it is tough and so my hats off to them you know uh, been there done that and uh we were able to start out trying to do tri-state rally for two years that looked like it was going to be successful but Due to environmental situations and all that, we had to move the event to which we finally found Tonopah. They are very much welcome us. Uh, the BLM uh, were working with us uh, while we sit in their office and what roads we could use, and it was uh, a great uh, collaboration between the federal government and us. So Tonopah is welcome us.
0: Well, that sounds like a, a pretty good area to put on a rally for sure. And uh, I guess give us an, an idea of what this event, so it's a, it's a one-day event, I believe, that you guys are going to be doing uh, for this year. And I, I guess tell us a little bit of idea of the the roads and things like that.
3: Well, uh, why don't you say something, Pat, about that?
0: Okay, the Tonopah area is at about 6,000
4: feet. So the roads are um, high desert. Road varying terrain, uh, some soft and sandy stuff, although not too much. Most of it is graded roads in Esmeralda County uh, on BLM land. The county grades the roads for the BLM in exchange for right-of-way. So we have two stages that we're gonna use for this first event. One is a little over 14 miles. The other is about seven and a half. We're going to run uh, two loops each direction total of eight stages, about 82, 83 stage miles, and about 77 or 8 transit miles.
1: So you said like four, 14 miles for one stage? That's a, That's one heck of a length of stage.
4: Well, the sanctioning bodies traditionally in this country have tried to limit stages to, to 15 miles or less because if you have any kind of incident on the stage with regards to safety that needs... Uh, a medical response or anything, the uh, it's a little harder to to move people around. So we've always run longer stages if we can. It mm-hmm. takes less people with less controls, and uh, it's more challenging for the for the competitors. They have to make sure they don't run out of talent before the yeah. end of the stage. So yeah. I, I like running longer stages. I think it puts a premium on.
1: Card preparation and and mental preparation as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I mean, I think I I prefer longer stages myself as well. And I know a lot of people, a lot of other competitors that I know, we do like the longer stages. And when uh, the the length of stage got cut back here in Minnesota on a jibway on several stage, stages over the years, it's like we're we're always a little bit disappointed that uh, the stages aren't aren't as long as they used to be
4: yeah it's difficult from a organizer point of Mm -hmm. view because we're not fixed venue motorsports and rallying so you know you you kind of take what's available to you and and do the best you can with it and over time those things do change you know i we've done events in the past where they paved part of a stage uh or or there was uh, encroachment of the public that made it un, you know potentially unsafe to keep using it. So you do have to kind of uh be aware of, of things that might require you to alter your original plan from year to year even if you're using the same piece of road or the same roads on the event. It
3: it, it is difficult, you know, but at the same time it it uh you don't have to have so many control workers, you know, and uh since this is going to be more of a loop, uh, I think that's what a lot of competitors like. They, and uh, so we were able to find stages that can work together where that can happen. And we're very uh, glad that we were able to find an area where that, can, that will happen.
4: <laughs> our our service area is actually uh, on a piece of public land, literally adjacent to the BLM office that's issuing the permit. And one of the stages starts and finishes at the end of that piece of road. So it's literally just a few feet from the service area through the MTC and, and to the agency and start controls to, to do the stage. And in the other stage, start and finish is... Uh, less than two and a half miles from the service area so those starts and finishes will be will be close to town the um the drawback of that is both the roads go kind of southwest from the town of tonopah and we have about a 17 mile transit out in the desert between the the two
0: stages at the other end (laughs) 17 miles (laughs) that's nothing (laughs) You should see some of the transits (laughs) out there. Yeah, that's nothing. (laughs) We'll take 17 miles. That's all good.
4: Well, that's what I thought. Anytime you put on an event that has
0: less transit miles
4: than stage miles, as an organizer, it's a great victory. So, agree. (laughs)
3: That's for certain. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the town of Tonopah is a unique town. Uh, it is a mining town. It will take you actually back in time, kind of like in the Old West. You will, you will notice that when you go drive through Highway 95, which is the, the highway that actually starts in Las Vegas, and it will take you all the way up to Tonopah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a unique experience. And um, like I said uh, in our press release, Area 51 is about 100 miles away. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go, if you want to go to Rachel, yeah, you can go see. If you want to see, if you want to find aliens, you know. Of course, 100 miles
4: isn't very far if you're in a craft that can go 50,000 miles an hour or whatever it is they can do. So. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: uh, well, we yeah. welcome their entry. I'm
3: just not sure how we check them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so there's some uniqueness there. Also, there is the Paw Hotel. Paw Hotel actually is just got a hold of me, and they would like to be part of the event. Paw Hotel was actually on the Travel Channel, oh, about a couple years ago, about the ghosts. And so, if you want to stay in the Mizpah Hotel and find the lady with the red dress, you know, uh, which a lot of people say they have found her, you know, hanging around in the hallways and you hear certain uh, types of sounds, stay there. And we will have a group sales rate for that. Too, awesome. so. Yeah, I'll
0: complete the Ghosts and Aliens. Ghosts
3: and be, Aliens. Be quite an event. That should be an event in itself. <laughs>
0: Oh, you're just definitely going to have to have some of your control workers dressing up. <laughs> sure. I think that would be fun as hell.
3: Actually, we did have someone who did that one year at Desert Storm. Uh, uh, Pat, you could probably tell that better than me.
4: Well, part of the story requires a couple of beers and, and some uh, stuff that you can't uh, publish. Or, But uh, she dressed up as a scantily clad giant. Bumblebee uh, was, some that, was, not, was not one of our normal uh, crew, but it was entertaining
0: to say the least.
3: <laughs> Let's just say the competitors enjoyed it.
0: Right. <laughs> ah, you got to have a little bit of fun with it. Why not?
4: <laughs> not, not? Not the promotion we wanted to do for the event.
0: But... <laughs> yeah, well, Vegas isn't too far away, so yeah. <laughs>
1: while well, while well, well, you yeah, while well, you've been chatting away I've been uh, look I've been googling uh Tona Par and uh, the area and I'm trying to get a feel for what the what the rally's going to be like what's the uh, what's the um, conditions of the roads going the the roads going to be like I mean it all looks like a high mountain desert from what I'm seeing from these yeah. pictures yeah,
4: the, road's, the, the stages are pretty quick um the longer stage is is actually a county road that goes from Tonopah uh, southwest toward toward Silver Peak, and it it's traveled by locals at, at times and whatnot, and it's going to be pretty quick. The uh, the stage will not go all the way through; it it cuts into some some foothills and makes kind of a, a hill climb type of finish, and but where the road slows down and tightens, but the uh, the the condition of the road is, is very good.
3: Oh, God, it's excellent. You know, uh, an ordinary, let's say, low-line Buick, you know, <laughs> could drive that road. You know, that's how good it is, you know. The other the other
4: stage is a stage that um, actually was referred to us by the outdoor planner at, uh, at the BLM. Her name is Allie Bettinger. It was a road that's sometimes used by some of the off-road teams and it's not rough. It's a little bit different in character, but it's not a county road and it doesn't appear on the on the local maps per se as as a through fare. So we need to stage after her. We called it Ali as seemed appropriate.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with the BLM for this, which is something that we find phenomenal because finding roads is always so difficult. So uh, how was it you're able to make that connection and uh, get this event kicked off?
3: Well, actually, I will have to give the, the hats off to SNORE, Southern Nevada Off-Road Association. Uh, we were. Work- we were work, going to work their event in Caliente. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had we had to pull out in volunteering that weekend. But the people at Snore were the ones who were telling us, "Hey, uh, we were looking to move since Tri-State had to." go away unfortunately relocate relocate I, I guess that's the best word of saying it and they said Tonopah. you know they those people over there are very good they they work with off-road racers and if a blm office will work with off-road definitely they're going to work with rally organizations mm-hmm. so uh we went there and I contacted them and, uh, oh, God, they have been phenomenal, you know, in, in working with us. And uh, there are more roads out there. It's not just the two roads. Uh, we can expand the event whenever we are able to. Uh, but our clerk of the course, which is Greg Healy, uh, Pat is working with Greg. They're working together, and uh, he wanted to work a one day and let's see how it goes
0: yeah it's good to kind of start out that way right get then you can also get like volunteers familiar as well right instead of just starting yes. out big yeah. and you got a yes. bunch of new people everywhere they could at least get broken in right
3: yeah you want to break it in first and, and at first i was kind of reluctant and you know because you've always we've always done two-day events and and we've worked um uh, X Games rally and all that. We worked on that at first. Like I said, I was reluctant, but as time went on and I thought about it and sat around and thought about it, I thought, you know what, he might have something going there. And so uh, it now, after getting some of the things done, we kind of went, you know, this might turn out to be pretty good.
4: Yeah. We uh. <laughs> We were somewhat reluctant because while these, I'm real proud of the roads we're using. They are not the best roads that we were proposing to use for the event. There's some even better roads a little further south that we were going to use on day two, but uh, I guess we'll save those for next year. You were you were talking about getting the BLM. I have a little background on that. Denise and I lived in Southern California for a long time before he moved to Nevada a couple years ago. But almost everything in the Southwest. Is, is federal government land controlled by the BLM? So we have done events in several states with, uh, with BLM permits. You know, we know the protocols pretty well, so we have a, a fairly good resume with, with the BLM. And so when we went to Totepa, they uh-huh. they were very, very cooperative. We actually had a couple other false starts in Nevada. We were looking at doing an event in Cahrump and an event in Caliente. It just wasn't the best option at the end of the day. So we ended up in Tonopah, we're, we're looking forward to it.
0: So is this event uh, part of the California Rally Series as well?
3: Uh, no, not at this time. We're just with the ARA uh, Western Region Championship and also with the, uh, the Southwest Rally Cup Series which uh, we, are, we haven't announced it yet. Uh, I've told a couple of competitors who are actually getting their cars ready or trucks ready uh, for this event. Even though it's not in April, they, they hope that their cars will, will not break before, they, but they want to enter Rally Nevada and uh, support it. Uh, and there is going to be some monetary prizes for the event. And it won't be a small amount. It'll be a a substantial amount that's coming by a sponsor of ours. So the Southwest Rally Cup Series is going to be giving that out to overall racers and also probably the first place guys in each of the classes.
0: Wow, it's oh. not. It's been, yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. I think because we've uh, heard of any monetary uh, winnings from from a rally event. So that sounds pretty darn good. Well, other than you know, there's been you know where groups have gotten together and kind of pooled money, but uh, sponsor paid. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, we were thinking that, uh, and it's it, it's unofficial, but it'll be close to three thousand dollars. Nice. You know. yeah, you Whoa. Don't, you don't often hear rally and cash
4: in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Well, <laughs> outgoing, not incoming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a one way flow. It doesn't work well for the
3: competitors or the organizers. <laughs> That's for certain. Oh my.
1: Oh, you d- you did mention there that the um the event isn't in April.
3: It will be November seventh. And that'll be right after SEMA, if SEMA happens. I, I've not heard that it's not going to happen, but I've been hearing a little talk that uh, it may or may not. I don't know.
0: Is this more based on the corona thing, where just all kinds of events are saying that they're postponing? Or is... It's virus fears. Yeah,
3: gotcha. so it's okay. virus yep. fears. But I'm sure by that time we will have that under control, but... Uh, but yeah, we don't know yet, but it, it's right after SEMA, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the time when we've done Seed 9 rally. I was
0: just going to say that's where Seed 9 was always really popular. Folks would go to SEMA and then go just straight from there into doing the rally.
3: Absolutely, uh, they can still do that. It's just a little bit. It's
4: further. just a little bit further out. <laughs> Tonopah's uh, a little over two hours north of Vegas. In fact, if you go from Vegas to Tonopah. You go right through Perump, where we were looking at having an event. But uh, there's there's some nice roads in the desert, so we'll be happy to show them
3: to anyone. Yeah, it's only two hours. Probably closer to two and a half, but it's not super far. You may say Tonopah is the middle midpoint between Reno and Las Vegas on Highway ninety
0: five. Well, if you've never had to transit uh, Ojibwe. <laughs> 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 because yeah, there, there's some transits that are not too far from that uh, at least when you're oh. doing uh, th- from the initial start all the way back in uh, Detroit Lakes and heading all the way out to where uh, some of the stages are on the first day. It's a bit of a drive Yeah,
1: 60 miles uh, Yeah. So um, so in the desert, you know like side-by-sides are popular right? Are you planning on m- making making room for side-by-sides to, uh, to compete.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm one of those that uh, actually kind of got that going, uh, you know, in rallying. I, I'm not going to say I was the, you know, pat me on the back, but a long time ago I was talking to Rally America at that time. I said, you actually should allow side-by-sides in. They, they, you have put them in the back. You know, don't have them intertwined with the rally cars. Uh, I know another event does that, and if that works for them, great. But side-by-sides, uh, they will actually up your entries. Uh, if That helps organizers, and uh, they actually do bring some excitement in. So, yeah, we are looking at having side-by-sides. Uh, I know that one gentleman wants to come and do the event, so uh, we may have – Maybe one to three side by sides coming. So yeah, I hope that they do because that will probably be the la- I think will be the last event for the Western Region Championship on November seventh. So um correct me if I'm wrong, but uh that will be getting their last points.
0: Think I think you're right, because because yours would be the one after de Forest.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So one yeah.
4: Of the challenges of- of uh, allowing side by sides is uh, the the legality in terms of registering them for street use varies from state to state. Exactly. And, uh, yeah.
0: That's why we can't do them in Oregon. Oregon's laws don't make it conducive. Um, and and especially where our uh, Oregon Trail rally, the you know where our roads are, you're actually driving on highways and, and not just little side roads, you know, and things like that for for parts right. of it. And it just you just can't. Right. Um, it, we've talked about trying to do some trailering and whatnot, but we trying to adjust the stages to, to work with that, it's difficult. Um, so to, to, for, to get them stage miles, they could run in a timely fashion. But other events have done it. Uh, Tour de Forest, actually, uh, when they were a national event a couple of years ago, uh, they were able to do it, uh, but it did require right. trailering uh, of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, right.
4: but... Colorado has done it as well. For Raleigh, Nevada, one of the stages would require trailering um, and the other would not, although the trailering is only on that 2.5-mile transit, and I'm trying to work around that. Uh, the interesting thing is is that the transit roads in the town of Tonopah and the town itself is in Nye County. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's true. The stages are in at Verelda County, but there's an I County Sheriff substation that uh, that I'll be talking to if I can't find a way around the, uh, the the transit thing to see if they can give us a parade permit. Or there's a number of ways we can do that. But um, yeah, I, I
0: saw yeah, interestingly for the... once uh, for an event. Maybe it was uh, Olympus last year. Uh, there was a pilot car essentially, and the basically it ran in front with its lights on, and behind it was the side-by-side
4: yeah there's a number of possibilities yeah uh, because tonopah is a small town and they the the longest that they would be driving on an actual road through town as opposed to crossing that road would be less than two miles so i'm hoping that uh we can find a resolution that would not require them to load and unload all over the place yeah um Mm-hmm. But we have places for that to happen on the transits should that be the best solution. So we'll be okay one way or another.
3: Yeah, because side-by-sides in the state of Nevada are everywhere. And mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. the law enforcement is a little more lax because in, even in Utah they uh, and Arizona, they allow more side-by-sides. Actually, here in Mesquite, in the city limits, That's all you see is side-by-sides everywhere on the city streets, you know, (laughs) and they're allowed on certain streets. And uh, also the golf carts, too. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Can you imagine having an an accident with uh, a golf cart? Oh, God. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they're allowed on the streets here in the city limits. So, uh, so, yeah, staying in Nevada is a little more lacking. On it But uh, we'll we'll see what the law enforcement will allow us to do on that. But yes, we will have side by sides.
0: All right. So you guys are gonna have Excellent. cars. You're gonna have side by sides. You've got hotels with ghosts in them. You've got aliens nearby. Um, I'm expecting to see trophies that have something that uh, has to do <laughs> with either either the old west, like Spurs, or it's gonna have to have an alien on it or something. I don't know. I think it's gonna you're gonna have to come up with something pretty cool, <laughs> we'll, we'll but.
3: See. <laughs> depends on your
0: class there oh, we go depends oh, on your class could, I like or
3: it or it could be or it could be clowns because there's actually a motel that's very very famous it's actually uh, world famous I didn't know that uh, it's called the clown motel uh, actually every room has a theme of a clown
0: oh boy clowns Yeah. That, that, now if you want to scare people you've got them truly terrified yeah, there now you go. perfect <laughs> okay, have them sleep with that, that. You know, we don't sleep during rallies anyways, so I don't know if it really no, matters no, too much, know. but <laughs> All right. So, uh... So you can
3: have ghosts in one and clowns in another. <laughs> oh, my. Perfectly terrifying. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. So, Rally Nevada is coming up in November. What what date again?
3: November 7th.
0: November 7th. All right. So, Remember that date, November 7th, coming up, Rally Nevada. And how does everybody uh, get uh, hooked up with this rally, uh, such as following it uh, when they go to register and all that stuff? Um, I'm guessing registration's all well, through ARA? Yes,
3: yeah, through ARA. And uh, if it's your only event for ARA, you can get a single uh, event license. Um, if that's your only one, uh, hopefully not, you'll do other events throughout the Southwest. Follow us on Facebook. The, the website will be updated. And uh, follow us there. And, um, uh, and Twitter. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And uh, volunteers. Uh, volunteers are going to need to sign up as well. I'm guessing, obviously, it's a little early yet. Absolutely. With That's the November event to uh, yeah. register for that. But where is the uh, registration for volunteers going to be? Is that going to be just all on your uh, website?
3: Well, the old mike jubot website rallydata.com Rally
0: awesome okay so uh we'll make sure we get that stuff posted up uh once registration starts opening up for it but uh excited to have uh, another new event and some new roads uh, where people have to take br- create brand new notes and all that stuff uh that's that sounds pretty darn exciting so uh so i guess it is a two-day event because I got to do recce right or is it recce and the event all in the same day
3: well, it's kind
4: of a little bit of both. We're going to do something different. Um, we're going to have, we're not having notes, so we have a two pass recce. The first pass is going to be Friday evening, and the second pass will be Saturday morning. And, and I'm going to try and do something I've always wanted to do but never done, and that's have the competitors actually be able to recce the stages they're going to run at night. with the recce at night so the roads will look more like what they'll actually see them at speed i've not Hmm. been able to do that in the past because it's not easy to kind of sort that out so
0: so um, i guess give us a little bit of an idea of a a start time and an end time then because also actually being november obviously the days are a little bit shorter uh, not quite as much down there down uh, farther south but it it is still a difference so you're going to have some actual night stages to finish it right
4: yeah about about it's going to be four stages and then service and then four stages the other direction i'm anticipating approximately a 50 50 split in terms of daylight and dark uh what what i don't run cars into a setting sun i don't believe in it so if i can get it sorted out uh essentially the sun will set while they're in service and then when they go back out for the evening stages there won't be any problems with running into a setting sun So about half the event will be at night. So bring light pods. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you very much, Denise and Pat, for telling us about this rally. And uh, we'll make sure that everybody knows about it. And again, November 7th, another new event, more rallying, the better. This is just awesome to see yet another event come on the uh, rallying calendar in the U.S.
1: And there we are. I've just liked I've just liked Rally Nevada on Facebook, so I'll be I'll be up to date with everything that goes on with you with you now as well. So
3: yeah, you can actually watch the videos on there of the
0: stages. So. Yeah,
4: we did. We tricks the videos on some of the stages that uh, that we're going to use, so you can go and see them.
3: Yeah.
0: Awesome stuff. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to Rally Nevada this November. Yeah, good. We'll see you there. Yeah. All right. Take care.
3: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Well, thank you again to Denise McMahon and Dave Matheson for talking to us about these new awesome rallies. But speaking of new things, Ian, uh, you've got some cool new Goodwood stuff. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to rallying Goodwood lately.
1: It is. It's, fant- it's going to be a fantastic year at Goodwood this year for, for rally. So, uh, yes, uh, at the members' meeting in... In like about three weeks from now, we are going to have a uh, rally sprint on the Saturday night and on the Sunday morning. And uh, the uh, they've been giving out information in drips and drabs for, since like September. But now we're getting concrete details coming out. So we know that. Your drinking buddy, Peter Solberg, is going to be driving Richard Burns' 2000 Rally GB winning Subaru Impreza.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Emanuele Pirro is going to drive a uh, Ferrari 308 GTB. So that's not really a rally car, but it'll probably smoke up the track a bit. So uh, Jimmy McRae is going to be competing in his uh, Vauxhall Chevette HSR, which is a uh, Another great rally car from uh, when I was growing up. And 14-time uh, WRC stage winner Cali Grundle is going to be in the Ford RS200. Ooh,
0: Ooh RS200. Yeah. Awesome. The
1: RS200, yeah. So uh, we know that um, another uh, Nicky Grist is is going to be there. And American Le Mans series champion Guy Smith is... Is going to be taking part in this event as well. He's not a rally driver, but but drivers from all around the world come to Goodwood events because they love them. So and that we've got a list of cars that are going to be competing. There's still negotiations with drivers because this actually sits in a little gap in the WRC calendar, and you might, might we might be surprised, might not be surprised to see some WRC drivers taking. Taking some vacant seats in the cars because we're going to have we've got co- the cars we've got confirmed our group some Group B Audi Quattros, a Peugeot 205 T16, uh, Caligrande's Ford RS 200, of course, a Me- Metro 6R4, and then we've got from Group A we've got Subaru Imprezas and Lancia Deltas, and from Group Four we do we do have a Lancia Stratos confirmed. Oh, nice. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And then WRC spec cars, we've got uh, Colin McRae's Ford Focus. So there's going to be some pretty fantastic historic rally, machi- rally machinery on on display there. And uh, I shall do my very best to uh, get some video out on Open Paddock when that happens.
0: Sweet. That sounds awesome. Awesome stuff, and I guess there's a, one other little update uh, that you had here is something about uh, transatlantic land. Tr- yeah, let me get my tongue back. The transatlantic Irish rally stuff.
1: Yeah, you, you remember last year with uh, with uh, Sarah McFadden? We uh, we had this thing going where whatever event i wherever I finished in class in an event, she did. She ended up doing the same in a, in her rally in her class. So uh, if, I, if I told you that the last rally I was in was Namaji, which was cancelled with snow, what do you think happened to her rally, which was the Limerick Motor Club Forest Rally last weekend? Got iced out. It got cancelled with snow, no, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's scary and it's crazy. But, uh, this weekend, she's competing in a hometown rally in the Mayo stages. So hopefully that doesn't get called off. But if she has a good good finish in that rally, then I'm going to have to match it or better it.
0: There you go. Got to have goals.
1: Got to have goals. Yeah, goals <laughs> for the coming season. Yes, indeed.
0: Well, and one last thing I was going to mention is uh, our friends over at Dirtfish and really our good friend Colin Clark has been on the show. They've got another podcast. So If you listen to us you probably like podcasts that deal with rally stuff. And I want to do a shout out to the new show they're calling spinning the line. And what really makes this one special for me is it's not only Colin Clark, but it's got George Donaldson and Lisa O'Sullivan. Um, And those three along with, unfortunately they don't have Bex Williams, but with Bex, this was this core group of people that are the WRC live radio. Um, And Amir Penland eventually came on as well uh, and whatnot. Uh, And of course, David Evans, they're, you know the reporter uh is definitely there um as part of this show but anyways for those of us that back in the day would follow that wrc live radio up all hours of the night following what was going on on twitter we actually used to have a hashtag it was like wrc live twitterati um because <laughs> you know back then there was the whole thing with the um luminati thing right and we were kind of doing yeah. a play on words with that and uh, that's back in what 2010 2011 something like that and Actually, maybe even a little before that, but we were all just very avid followers of what was going on, and um, it's great to see that crew back together, because when WRC Live Radio got dropped by All Live and went to straight video, we didn't hear from Lisa, we didn't hear from uh, Colin as much, who's just at stage ends, and uh, George Donaldson, who was a former team manager um, and, and whatnot, you know, he's got so much experience and uh he's also a, a funny funny guy and and a great person to have on the show so look it up it's called the uh, called Spinning the line and uh yeah it, it's a great uh, podcast to listen to for wrc based rallying stuff so excited to see that there we go well, again, we'd like to say a massive thank you to all of you who listen to us and of course to Melee Design Firm, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show for uh, giving us some backing that is pretty cool and we are uh, super happy to have that extra support. Remember, if you like what we're doing on this show, give us a follow, give us a like, leave us a brief comment. Comments are huge. They definitely up our ranking when it comes to like, iTunes and things like that. So uh, if you haven't done that yet, please just a little something. doesn't have to be super special, but uh, say, hey, this, this podcast here, it's pretty cool. You should watch it or listen to it or whatever. That would be a big help. And of course, you can tell your smart speaker to play the Open Paddock Rallycast as well. So, all that new technology stuff. And uh, that's right, Spotify, another place. So, kind of a little bit everywhere. Anyways, thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Remember to keep it shiny side up and don't cut.